Welcome to Sparks of History. We are extremely honored and pleased to have with us today noted author, teacher, and international speaker, Dr. Susan Michael. Dr. Michael serves as the USA Director of the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem. In addition to earning a master's degree in Judeo-Christian studies, Dr. Michael holds a bachelor's degree in theology from Oral Roberts University and was awarded an honorary doctorate of laws by Piedmont International University. Dr. Michael, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it very much. Oh, thank you. It's great to be with you. Thank you. Just to get started, what is the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem, ICEJ, and what exactly is meant by Christian Zionism? Okay, well, let's tackle number one first. Uh, the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem is a Christian nonprofit organization that's based in Jerusalem. And the way we got the name, it's a very interesting story. In 1980, the Israeli Knesset passed what was called the Jerusalem Bill, and it declared all of Jerusalem to be the eternal and undivided capital of the state of Israel. There was tremendous international uproar against that. All of the embassies, foreign embassies that were located in Jerusalem, literally packed up and moved out of the city. And so there were a group of Christians living in Jerusalem from a number of countries for different reasons involved in different uh, aspects of the life there. But um, they had decided to organize a big uh, event in September. And it was at that event, the Feast of Tabernacles, which is Sukkot in Hebrew, um, they announced that they did not support what their governments had done and were starting an international Christian embassy in Jerusalem that represented the millions of Bible-believing Christians around the world who understand the significance of Jerusalem, because uh, we read it in our Bibles, and uh, stood with Israel at that moment. So that's how we were founded and how we got our name. But our mission statement from day one is straight out of the book of Isaiah 40, verse 1, which says, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, says the Lord speak tenderly to Jerusalem. And we were very aware that after 2,000 years of really terrible relations between Jews and Christians, that we were initiating a whole new relationship and that we were coming forward as a global Christian organization saying that we honor you, we support you, and we stand with you at this moment. And so um, how do you comfort or how do you uh, express that except through practical assistance? So from day one, we began humanitarian aid projects around the country. We've been very involved in Aliyah assisting the Jewish people making their way home to Israel to immigrate there. Uh, we have the largest home for Holocaust survivors in Israel and Haifa that we not just sponsor and support, but we actually assist in running it. And uh, many, many things that we do on a practical basis to demonstrate Christian support uh, for Israel. And then we also have a presence in over 90 countries around the world with either a branch or some form of representation. And in the, in the nations, we're largely educational. 
educating the Christian community in our nation about Israel, about the issues there, and then also advocacy uh, when it's needed. So I know that's a lot uh, in, a, in a short explanation, but that that is who we are as an organization. And I, as the United States Director, I'm based here in the U.S. Uh, over the United States branch uh, of the organization. Now, you asked about what is Christian Zionism, and I want to say, first of all, that there are many reasons why a Christian may be a Zionist or that a Christian may support Israel and support the return of the Jewish people to their homeland. And there, those reasons can be everything from political reasons. I think all Americans should support Israel. So, of course, I think all Christians should. It could be moral reasons. We understand the history of bad relations between Jews and Christians, and we want to start a new relationship based on mutual respect. And how do we do that but to support uh, one another? Uh, there can be ethical reasons. There can be historical reasons. If you study the history, the facts are on Israel's side. So there's many reasons why a Christian may identify as a supporter of Israel. But Christian Zionism as an ideology is what I would call actually a theology. And so Christian Zionism is a reading of the scriptures that says God's promises to Abraham are actually everlasting and that God's covenant with the Jewish people is everlasting. And he promised that they would one day return to their land and they would have a glorious future in that land. And so we see this as the hand of God, a fulfillment of scripture, a fulfillment of his promises, and therefore we support it. So Christian Zionism would be a belief that God bequeathed the land to the Jewish people actually for the purposes of world redemption, and therefore we support it. Uh, that that glorious end, that glorious future for the Jewish people in the land is actually going to be a glorious future for the whole earth. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that would be um, the basis of a theology. Um, but as I say, many Christians support Israel uh, for many reasons, including their reading of the Bible. Thank you. Um, obviously, in the news, uh, October 7th, the brutal massacre, um, the the war in Gaza, the war on other fronts. What has changed in um, ICEJ's efforts since October 7th? Well, nothing has changed in terms of our mission and even our activities, but they are on steroids. And we have been working around the clock, night and day, and not just in Israel, but around the world. So uh, our response to the attack and the war uh, were three-pronged. First is prayer. And so we began a daily prayer call on Zoom where we regularly have over 1,500 uh, Christians from uh, who knows how many nations um, praying together for two hours every day. Now, um, we actually believe that there's several thousand on there because some of our participants are from countries like China, and one login may actually represent 
a room full of people. And um, so it's hard for us to really know the numbers, but prayer, we have an ongoing 24 seven prayer watch where we have people praying around the clock uh, in smaller numbers, but around the clock. And we also have been doing three day Esther fast on a rotating schedule. So there's always someone fasting for Israel because we believe that this is not just a military conflict but it's actually a spiritual conflict between forces of evil and and Israel. And so we we feel the need to really uh, cover it in prayer. And uh, of course, we also believe in a prayer answering God. And so we do a lot of prayer. Our second response to this has been advocacy. So our branches around the world have uh, either organized rallies or have partnered with the Jewish community and rallies in um, many cities uh, and countries around the world. I don't even know how many, but I'd say well over 40 countries have probably had some sort of demonstration or rally in support of Israel. Here in the United States, um, I have a, we, we oversee a network of Christian leaders called American Christian Leaders for Israel. And that network issued three letters uh, one to the General Secretary of the United Nations, one to the President of the United States, and another one we sent to 300 presidents of universities, each letter a little different, but calling for moral clarity in condemning the attack by Hamas, supporting Israel, and also combating uh, anti-Semitism. So those are just some examples of the advocacy that we've done. And then the third prong of our uh, response has been aid. And so because we have been, um, we have a humanitarian aid department uh, that has worked in that Southern uh, Israel region for years, we've been placing portable bomb shelters in those communities for years. We probably placed over 175 bomb shelters uh, there And so we knew all the community leaders, we uh, know the teachers, we know a lot of the people in the area. So immediately we were on the ground saying, how can we help? And we've been raising money for ambulances and for medi-scooters. We've been um, providing food and housing for some of the evacuees. Uh, we've helped fund, you know, a day, a getaway day for some of those that are, uh, just need a break uh, from the the war. Um, we've we've done a lot of things, providing protective gear. You know, one story I'll end with is um, a couple of years ago we had provided radio equipment like walkie-talkies for some of the communities there outside of the Gaza border. And um, we found out uh, just about a month ago that the communities that had those walkie-talkies were able to mobilize and they didn't lose anyone. Mm -hmm. And um, because they weren't relying on the internet or the, the WhatsApp or the communication system that the terrorists had knocked out. And um, so we're now providing that type of equipment for the rest of the communities in the area. But that's just one uh, example of just practical assistance that we're able to provide that we think increases the security and hopefully saves lives. 
You had mentioned, of course, letters to university presidents in the United States. And as one looks at the news, um, there appears to be um, more protests um, against Israel, pro-Hamas, on university campuses. It seems disproportionate to the rest of what's happening out there. Um, are you finding that there is a decrease of support for Israel, not just among the general young population, but but also uh, among the young generation of Christians, is that a is that a concern uh, in terms of the the, the uh, decrease in support, maybe an increase in anti-Semitism, and, and if so, what can be done to change that trend? Well, yes, we're very concerned, um, as you pointed out. It's an overall trend uh, in America, and, and I would say in the Western world. Um, our young people are growing up, you know, bombarded by ideologies and um, th that are just uh, working against support of Israel. So the numbers are going down uh, in, in the all across America, but we see it also in the, in the Christian young people. Um, I would predict that it's not quite as bad with the Christian young people as it is in the general population, but it's still a drastic drop in support for Israel from one generation to the next. And, you know, the real problem is education. And um, even in textbooks, you know, in just general textbooks in our schools, there's a bias against Israel. And, um, our young people are growing up with this. And then if they get into college, um, even our Christian colleges, they're, they're impacted by the general society and the general ideologies that are ruling our, our world today. So um, the answer is education. And um, so I've spent the bulk of the last three years building educational tools and resources nonstop and we now have a whole uh, array of resources. We've started publishing our own books. We have uh, put up online courses uh, for the general population, anyone, and they're free of charge, at least for now. And uh, But I've also built a, a curriculum, a semester-long class for uh, universities. It's being taught in one Christian school right now, and we just hope that we will have the capacity to promote it to other schools and, and make it known. It's a course called Introduction to Israel, and it spans everything. Uh, it's an overview of 5,000 years of history, um, but really easy to follow. And it includes anti-Semitism, six lectures on anti-Semitism. So this type of educational tool, we put tremendous effort into building. And uh, we're now switching, or I should say, progressing into the second phase of the project, which is to make it known and to begin marketing it and promoting it. And um, I, you know, I believe this is the the answer, but it's a huge problem. There's hundreds of Christian uh, universities and colleges. There's even more Christian, uh, you know, K through 12 schools. Uh, there's a lot of Christian young people are homeschooled. And so to get 
a curriculum into all those areas, it's a tremendous effort, but we will do what we can because I do believe that that's the answer. Um, Israel and the United States, uh, of course, a, a tremendous historical bond, um, predating even the state of Israel with uh, presidents who, who were Zionistic and, of course, Harry Truman's uh, recognition of Israel immediately after the declaration of the state and an increase in, in support for Israel. Um, what's the greatest threat to the USA-Israel alliance? Do, do you see uh, cracks in, in the alliance? And again, what, what can be done or should be done um, in, in this area? Well, you know, um, if you live long enough, <laughs> you see some amazing changes. <laughs> And uh, I can remember back when the Democrats were the strong, the strongest supporter of Israel. Mm -hmm. And we've just seen a complete shift in that. Now it's the Republican party that is the, that are stronger in support of Israel. There are still, of course, uh, many Democrats that are supporters of Israel, but it's fewer than it used to be. And I think the most dangerous thing facing the U.S.-Israel relationship is this um, progressive, liberal, woke ideology that is uh, infiltrating our colleges and, you know, what we were talking about previously, but it's also infiltrating our politics. And um, it is a movement against Israel, and it is a movement that is basically anti-Semitic. And uh, to me, you're asking my personal opinion. That's that's my opinion. That is the greatest threat to the U.S.-Israel relationship right now. So, so how, how do we go back to um, a more bipartisan support? I and mean, that's always been the, the Israeli government's um, policy. You know, we're we're not. We don't favor this party. We don't favor that party. We're looking for bipartisan support. And as you're saying, there's, there's cracks in that from from the left. So so how do you counter that? I mean, can, can the alliance survive if it is just so partisan? Well, I'll, I'll add to the problem here. I, I, I wish that I had the answers for our political <laughs> uh, divide here in America, but uh, the political divide is also hurting support of Israel because the Democrats and the Republicans find it so hard now to come together and be bipartisan on anything. And so to give you an example right now, uh, there is a bill in the House and a bill in the Senate calling for financial aid to Israel. And both of them are tied up because in the House, which is run by the Republicans, they added a, a political clause or you know another item to it that the Democrats won't go along with. And then in the Senate, the Democrats added to their bill something the Republicans won't go with. So Israel's held hostage to the political divide. And uh, we actually are, you know, we're promoting a message of separate out the aid to Israel so nothing is connected to it and get it passed. Uh, this is crazy. So, um, you know, the only answer that I can say to our political divide 
is to get rid of the influence of the radical left. And there could be also a radical right that's, that is a problem. I'm not ignoring that. Um, and let's become more centrist in these parties so that we can begin to agree again on bipartisan issues like support of Israel. Otherwise, these extremes are going to uh, keep this divide and support of Israel is going to be a casualty. As you look at the situation and, and some of the trends that, that, that we've been discussing, um, uh, Dr. Michael, are you optimistic, pessimistic, or somewhere in between? I'm scared. <laughs> So I guess that means I'm pessimistic. Um, I'm very, very concerned about the direction that the United States is taking because uh, it's, as we say, the problem is in our education. It's in our colleges and our universities and our young people are graduating and have been for how many years now? having been influenced by these radical ideologies that are leading them astray. And so um, I'm worried because I see the size of the effort that it's going to take to clean this up and turn it around. And, um, and I see our society is deteriorating so fast that it is very, very worrisome. And I wish I had a more positive answer for you, um, but it, it is very worrisome. And um, I, I don't know what it will take to turn it around, but we certainly uh, pray constantly for the good Lord's help uh, that we can turn it around because I love this country. I love what we stand for. I grew up, my father was a World War II vet and of that greatest generation, and I feel like I've seen our country at its finest in his generation and the small town I grew up in, good, solid people. And there's still a lot of them across the country. But um, those that are grabbing the power and the influence and the media and our young people are not from that good old American, you know, everyday person. And uh, so I am concerned about it but do pray for the Lord's help that we can turn it around. Okay. Thank you. That's, that's a, that's a wonderful prayer. And um, obviously we, we are, are extremely appreciative of all, all of your efforts and your organization's efforts. And um, you should go from strength to strength and all that you're doing. And uh, thank you so much again, Dr. Michael, for your time today. We appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thank you.